Guys, ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs, small business owners, side hustlers everywhere. We've got an amazing, amazing guest for you today. Today we have the lovely and talented Ashley Ann, who is one of the top social media entrepreneurs in the entire world, over a million followers, and somebody who today is going to teach you how to translate and transform your social media, your following into buyers, into deals, into growth in your business. What I'm going to tell you about her in the next few seconds is going to blow you away because it just blew me away. So she has helped over 11,000 individuals monetize their social media and over 700 of them have created six-figure incomes. But she didn't stop there. She also has 150 people who are seven-figure earners with seven-figure incomes and nine of her clients are consistently doing seven figures a month. That's over $12 million a year in sales. She also has helped over 1,000 businesses generate 25 to 45,000 per month using Facebook and live stream. She gives free business tips and strategy classes. She has amazing content and she is hailing and coming to us from Little Rock, Arizona. Excuse me, no, Little Rock, Arkansas, excuse me. Yeah, Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> She's representing for the Razorback State there. And she's a Google partner. She's been featured in publications like Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Live, CNN Money, Control, MSN, Breitbart, New Break, Business Insider, Newsweek, CNBC, Sheen Morning, Mix Up. I mean, I, I have, I'm only halfway through. We could go on forever. But guys, you're super lucky. Welcome to the show, Ashley. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and talking to all of the CEOs. Hey, y'all. <laughs> What's up? So I feel like the first thing that we need to do is we need to get a little bit of background and find out what makes Ashley Ann tick. What was your upbringing like and what kind of influenced you in those early years towards entrepreneurship, do you think? Um, so I actually grew up in this place called Scott, Arkansas, like no one's probably ever heard of it, but in the country, um, I'm talking about like no sidewalks, no streetlights. Um, my grandma would get us up at five in the morning to go work the gardens, so a bunch of tilling, oh, I love it. And, yeah. you know, rotating crops and all that good stuff, picking up chicken eggs, you know, feeding the hogs, like whole shalangalang. Um, but it was good. Now when we were kids, we didn't like it. But as I've gotten older, um, I definitely appreciate it more just because my work ethic, like I don't find a lot of people that can outwork me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like other people are like tired or when they're quitting or when they're complaining about stuff. I'm just like, yeah, it's just another day, whatever. So um, definitely giving me a competitive advantage from that side. Right. And also when you grow up not having a lot, your creativity is on 10,000. So a lot of the ways that other people have gone about business, I definitely haven't worked in a traditional way. Um, just because when I'm, when I see something, 
Um, I don't normally look at it or view it the way everyone else is viewing it. So that's kind of like my little superpower. <laughs> and, it, and it's very handy um, in these social media streets. And then as far as what made me want to be an entrepreneur, um, I was working a corporate gig. You know, everybody does this thing. And I worked my corporate job for three years before I quit and went full time and did my own thing. Um, but I was at a company and they were lean while I was there. Um, and that was terrifying. And literally every day that I went into that office, somebody was getting laid off and there kind of wasn't a rhyme or a reason for it. So that was very stressful to not know if you're going to have a job or not the next day. And I did not like that. I didn't have the freedom to be myself. You know what I mean? Like my hair, my hair is like straighter today, but normally it's curly and all huge and big. You know, someone telling me that my nails are a distraction. My hair is a distraction. You know, you got your, I, I just wasn't with all of that. So I was just like, yeah, I got to figure out a way to get up out of this thing. When I really started paying attention, I noticed, honestly, everyone that was living the type of life that I aspired to have, they all were small business owners or side hustlers. Every single one of them. I did not meet any even high six-figure earners. I did not meet any high six-figure earners, seven-figure, eight-figure, and above earners that did not have, they they had their own thing. They all had full-fledged businesses or some type of side hustle that was producing right that other income stream and giving them the flexibility of time freedom. So that was pretty much, I started doing the math and I'm like, if I stay at this gig for 25, 30 years, one may not even make it that long because they can just come in at any day and fire me. Number two, you know, I, I wanted the freedom to be myself and I didn't really have that there, right? I had to constantly assimilate. Um, and then the third thing, when you really start thinking like you're busting your butt, you know what I'm saying, for somebody and they're putting a valuation on your time, like you're telling me what I'm worth, right? Um, and I'm busting my hump for you, sometimes pulling 50, 55, even 60 hours in a week offer at the end of the year, you can tell me that I get a 50 to 75 cent raise. This kind of trash. It seems, seems a little scammy to me. <laughs> and I was, I was just like, I'm not here for it. I was like, or I can get out there, hustle, try it on my own and land on my feet. And if for some reason I failed, I got two degrees, you know, I'd just go back to the workforce and get a job. So, <laughs> so that was pretty much it. I was like, yeah, I was like, thank, thank the Lord. I landed on my feet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So let's let's unpack that. So you started out, you know, growing up in Arkansas, and thank goodness, uh, sounds like uh, you know you really learned in your childhood, had a great upbringing, great family that taught you the importance of work ethic. I mean, you're getting up at five in the morning, you're weeding the garden. It sounds a little bit uh, like my mom. I'm the oldest of nine kids in a little town in southern Utah, and that's what we would do too. We'd get up and and work the yard and, and do our tasks and chores. Cause when you got that many kids, you got to, it sounds like, so you learn this work ethic and two degrees. So, I mean, you followed that traditional route, you got the degrees, you got that corporate job. And then somewhere along the way, you start to realize, well, wait, wait, maybe this corporate job isn't all it's cracked up to be. Everybody I see living their dream life is not doing that. They are doing a side hustle. They have their own business. They, they, you know, have freedom. It sounds like, tell me how important, like the freedom for you to, to, you know, manage your destiny. How much did that lead to you leaving that job and taking the jump into entrepreneurship? I think that was pretty much everything. That was, that was the major factor for me. Like if, 
this is the thing. When you start your own business, we all know, especially in the beginning years, you're pretty much 24-7, right, to whatever it is. Oh, yeah. But, but this is the difference. It's something that you like to do. It's something that you want to do. And you're putting in all this time and effort and resources, and you're going to be able to benefit off of it. When I think about having like my future children and my future grandchildren and all of those sorts of types of things, you can't leave a job to your generations behind you. I can't leave. You know what I mean? I Like a job is not oh, a legacy. You oh. can't leave that to somebody. And then when you start looking at how many like birthdays and game nights and, you know, regular activities that you're missing out on. And then when you do get a day off, you're exhausted because you put in, right, like 60 hours for somebody that doesn't even appreciate it. It, it, it starts wearing on you. You know what I mean? You start thinking to yourself, like, what, what am I really, what am I really doing? <laughs> like, what is all of this? What is all of this for compared to, okay, yeah, I may be putting in a lot of time for my own career, but this is going to pay off for me. Right. And then we all know you put 10,000 hours in and then eventually, you know, that 100 hours of work that will give you one hour result starts to give you like 10, then it gives you 20, then it gives you 50, then it evens out. And then all of a sudden you're putting in 10 hours of work in a week and you're getting a hundred hours of results, right? Because you put down this foundation and you built out your system and having the flexibility to be able to fit your own schedule, to be it, you know, like I get time to like go work out now. I got time to meditate. Um, my mom was diagnosed with cancer a couple years ago. Oh my gosh. And so it was, um, it was, a, I was able to move her into my home and take care of her. I did not have to worry about running out of sick leave. I didn't have to ask somebody like, can I be late today? Because we have a chemo appointment. I didn't have to worry about somebody, you know, pressing me about a deadline. Like it was so wonderful to not have to worry about those sorts of types of things. So time freedom, you know, it, it really becomes a valuable asset. Even when you start looking at time with your family, your friends, time to develop like who you are as a person, how much time you want to put into your customers and your clients, right? I have the ability to go and work from anywhere in the world. I travel frequently. Um, I'm really not at home too much. I'm normally always out and about, right? Um, anywhere from New York to California. You know, I'll be in Jamaica in a couple of weeks and I'll be, I spend a couple hours working on the beach. I'll make my money and then I'll be able to go horseback riding or zip lining, right? Or go pick flowers or whatever it is that I want to do. There's not a price that you can put on your freedom of time. So I highly encourage everyone, if you can figure out some type of way that you can get paid to do things that you like to do and on top of that, create some financial stability for yourself. Why would you not do it? You know what I mean? Like, why would you not? Because I get I get to fit my own schedule. If I don't want to get up and work on a project until eight o'clock tonight, guess what? I'm not going to work on it until eight o'clock at night. I'm going to get done. My clients are going to be happy. We're going to exceed whatever deadline we gave to them. But I don't have someone like breathing down my neck, right? And telling me you clocked in 35 seconds late from your lunch break. I don't have to deal with any of that crap. So, so for me, that was more of an idea situation, you know, versus what I was in before. Well said, uh, Ashley. A lot of value bombs that she's dropping on you right now, guys. But one thing I think I would point out is in life, you're either building your dream or you're going to be building someone else's. And the one thing Ashley is pounding home to you is if you're, you know, doing a job, doing so, you're probably building someone else's dream at some point. You have to have control and be able to build your own dream. And when you do, 
then freedom. Yes, there's sacrifices initially of time of becoming an expert, that 10,000 hour rule. But once you get there, now you have that freedom. I mean, Ashley travels all over the country, speaks to entrepreneurs. She's heading to Jamaica. Um, for example, uh, with, with us, we've been really fortunate. We were able to take uh, our company on a company trip to the Riviera Maya. We just got back uh, last week. And that was in to- January. <laughs> Oh, oh, you were there? Oh, awesome. Yeah, I took, I took my family on a whole luxury vacation. So we're like, I don't know, almost 30 deep. <laughs> oh, dang. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's about what we had. I think we had a total of about uh, 48, 50 total. But that did include my five kids, you know, so so they were included that's too. That's amazing. But. but this is the thing. You can't do that with a regular job. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm no you can't. A regular job. But you can't create those types of experiences for your family, your friends, your community, your colleagues, your team. You can't do that. I was really excited. I took my team to Puerto Rico last year and we had a blast. Awesome. Like you can't do those sorts of types of things with, you know, a regular nine to five. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So tell us about when you took the plunge. You know, you quit that job. You're going. How did you land on your feet? What was your first product or service? How did you, what business was it? Like, how did you get going? So I work the opposite of other people. You know, I know everyone's like, go, jump, take the leap of faith, you know, just get out there and do it. No, I'm a planner. Okay. And I I needed some type of strategy. So while I was working my, while I was working my job, um, I was also building, you know, building up my business and building up my clientele. So I actually made sure I had enough clientele to be able to like support my just kind of everyday bills. I'm not even talking about like living a lavish life. I mean, I just want to make sure, you know, I could pay, I could keep a roof over my head, put some food in my belly, you know, pay the lights, rent, those sorts of types of things. Um, So I was honestly kind of like at a crossroads and I I had the option to renew my contract in my nine to five. And I wasn't sure if it was time for me to renew my contract or go on about my business. And so I actually, I sent up a prayer and I was like, Hey God, I need a sign. I need to figure out what I need to do. And I landed a $150,000 client. And I was just like, okay. I was like, clearly there's my sign that it's time to go. Now I had already had enough clientele in to be able to cover, right. All of the bills, um, but that was kind of like the push that I needed to get out of the door. So, um, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to renew my contract. I'm going to go out here and see what's shaking. So I didn't renew my contract. And then I actually went and got a part-time job at an event rental company. Cause my very first company is an event design and production company. It's called events by Ashley Ann. Um, I've been doing it a few years before we actually like legalized. So in 2009 is whenever we went and filed all our paperwork and stuff and became an actual uh, business, right? <laughs> actual entity and the whole shebang. And um, that that is what I did. So I went and got a part-time job at a party rental company because I wanted to just immerse myself in everything and figure out kind of what type of clients I wanted to work with, how the industry really worked. Because it's one thing to you know, do it from the front side. It's another thing to be behind the scenes. And um, I really had a good time. Like I was doing design on their tablescapes and stuff. And we were able to see their rentals go up because people could see the products being used. So I was like, okay, I clearly have a knack for, you know, positioning things and packaging things to make them attractive for people to purchase. Right. So then it's like, well, how do, how do we really use this 
inside of the event world. And so the event company is, that's how I made my first Millie. Um, and that's how I also learned I was really, really good at social media marketing and monetization, which led me to opening up the social agency and the consultant. So, and to this day, I still run my event design and production company, and it's still a multi-million dollar company. <laughs> and I also do all of the social strategies. So. <laughs> wow, what a ride. So going all the way back, uh, started that in 2009, got it rolling. And there's so many value bombs that you just dropped on us. And first thing I want to point out to the audience is everyone thinks, oh, you're an entrepreneur. You take all these massive, crazy risks. Yes, you take risks, but they're calculated risks. Ashley exactly. didn't just jump, just quit her job, have no clients, no income, uh, didn't know how her business was working. She was already, already doing it on the side. And I think that's where a lot of people really miss this boat. And if you ever you know, listen to guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, he talks about us all the time. You might have your nine to five. Well, then you get home, you eat. You've got from six, you know, six p.m. to midnight, six hours, or even two or three, whatever you got, depending on on kids and family, to build your business. You've got the weekends. You know, you you can't just play the whole weekend and expect to build your side hustle. You have to work and build that side hustle. You had built your side hustle up big enough to cover your nut, as uh, as Kevin O'Leary says on the Shark Tank. You were covering the basic payments and, and needs of life cover your rent, cover your, you know, transportation, food, et cetera. Guys, that's so huge. Build your side hustle first while you still have your job, cover your bills. And then at some point there's a transition. And for you, it was landing that tremendous client. Now you're a social media superstar, Ashley, with uh, millions of followers, two multi-million dollar businesses. I mean, you, you teach people how to do this. You have a social media agency. What is it that people, what are some of the mistakes they make in trying to build an online business? Oh gosh. Okay. So I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm going to try and narrow it down to maybe like top three to five. Cause there's a lot. Uh, that I beautiful. Beautiful. But so the first one is ramming. Um, ramming. I call it random X of marketing and people just throw in everything <laughs> up there. And so this is the thing when you get out in these social media streets, people have to know you for something. And that doesn't mean that that's the only thing that you can offer right? But once you get someone inside of the DM or you get them on a call or in an in-person meeting, this is where you can talk about other services or products that you have that may be a good fit for that client. I see so many people, they're like, well, I'm good at all these things. I have all of these talents. And they're like, I'm going to tell people, you know, I have a cannabis company, a health agency. I do taxes. I bake cakes. I can decorate a house. And I do the running man on my eyebrows and I fry you a mean plate of chicken. Like that, that's too much. The average person, they, they don't know where to go with that. Even though you can do all of those things and you may be amazing at all of those, nobody needs to know that, right? So like if you go to my event production you know, page, there's no mention about funnels. There's nothing about page hacks. There's nothing about softwares, right? It's only event stuff because those girls care about weddings, they care about birthdays, they care about installations for CEOs and CFOs. That's what they care about. If you go over to my King Ashley Ann page, right? Everything over there is about business, monetization, cash flow, right? That that's all that's about. I'm not only time I'm mentioning something about my event company on that page is if I'm talking about the business of the event company, right? If I'm talking about our margins or profits or different strategies that we tried that brought in an increase in traffic or customers, right? 
So you need to pick what you want to be known for in these social media streets. And like that, that is it. Number two, I would say trying to market to everyone, because if you're marketing to everyone, you're marketing to no one. You need to niche down. Literally, most of us have one to three sets of customers that we actually are going to market with or be able to help. Because the, the reality of the situation is everyone doesn't find value in whatever your offer is. Everyone can't afford whatever your offer is, okay? And all of us speak in different languages. So I've done really, really well with my niche because I take, you know, high level marketing concepts, right? And business concepts. And I put them into language that my audience can understand, right? I put it into our plain language. I maybe use examples that we're able to resonate with. And that's what works for me, right? So people that come from my type of environment or background, they are like, yeah, I fool with that King Ashley, right? I, I F with her heavy, the long way, however they want to say it, because that works for us. I can't, you know, I'm not going to do well with a different demographic, right? Like it, it just isn't going to work. If there's a conservative, you know, maybe a conservative base of men that are in between the ages of 48 and 62, I'm not going to land well with them. And I don't try and market to them. I don't try and sell to them. I don't, right? That's not my audience. That's not my base. So really saying like, who am I here for, Right. What language do they use? How old are they? What makes them tick, right? What's the reason they're even looking to use whatever it is I offer? Or the reason why do they want to be a part of my community? Um, the third mistake I would say people are making is they're sending people to their websites instead of sending them over to a tree. Um, your conversion numbers will shoot through the roof just by switching over to a tree. When people go to your website, it takes too long to load. And honestly, most people's websites, even still now, aren't really optimized for mobile. So a client is going to give you about 2.3 seconds for a page to load, if that long. If it's not loading, they're leaving. You've lost a sale. Then when they're going to your website, they have to they have to wait for every picture, every paragraph, every widget, every GUI, every sound. It all has to load. So if they wait around for it to load, well, now they have to go through your menu bar and try and find whatever it is they're looking for. Once they find the right menu bar, now they got to wait on another page to load, right? So then while they're waiting on the page to load, well, now they got to try and find whatever the offer it was that you asked them for if it's multiple offers on that page. Then they have to click that offer and wait on it to load. Then they have to go and look at the description and then most people's pages aren't set up where people are processing the payments inside of the page. What is it going to do? It's going to redirect them over, right, to a third party outside place to process. This is too much. Every time someone is taking one of these steps, you're losing sales compared to a tree. They click the link in your bio. They can see your best-selling product. They can get on your list. They can listen to the latest podcast. Whatever you want them to do, there's a direct button that gets that person right there. So your conversion numbers increase drastically. So um, I'll stop at those three, but I feel like those are probably the biggest three mistakes that I see people making. Oh my goodness. So much gold that Ashley is laying down for you guys today. So number one, you're not selling everything. You're not Amazon, right? You're not selling all these different products. You're selling really one main product and you're very focused in on that product and, and who you're, you know, the result you're giving your client or customer with that product. You're not trying to sell thousands of products or hundreds of products or say, I'm good at all these different things. Even if you are, it's not going to, you know, translate, convert. Number two, she says, you must 
market to your niche, right? And you have to think of who that person is. For me, I think of my dream client and avatar as Bob. Bob's like, uh, he's 35 years old. He's got two kids and uh, he's got this job that he hates and he's got this great business idea and he needs business funding to do it. And I, and our team's going to serve him and get him business funding so that he can launch that business, maybe on the side, eventually go, Ashley has her clientele deal, detail down. If it's the events, she knows who she's serving with weddings and all these awesome corporate events. If it's social media, she's delivering amazing value, teaching people how to convert and build their business with social media. So you have your niche marketing. The third thing she said was you don't send them to a website. A it's like a brochure. It's like you look in a brochure, you just get lost. And, and oh, that's cute. And they don't, don't do anything. Send them to a tree, a very direct sales funnel where they're getting, they're, there's one thing, they're either moving forward into your world, into your podcast, into your product, into your low ticket entry-level product, or they're, they're not a good fit. And that's okay too, right? Yeah. So amazing stuff that she just uh, shared with us. So what, what is the key to converting sales online? Let's say we've got some uh, listeners. I've got a few thousand followers. I've been working hard in my business or I'm, I've, you know, I've got some followers, but I don't know how to actually convert that into a business. Like, what's my next step, Ashley? What, what should I do? Content is cash. Content is cash. Content is cash. Okay. Content that is, that is. If, if social media was a car, content is the gasoline that moves our car, okay? And if we can couple consistent content with a consistent call to action, you're going to win. So when we get into content, and it always drives me nuts because people are like, well, how'd you grow your following? Or how do you make it sales? And people are like, oh my God, you have to have value. Just add value. And nobody ever tells you what valuable content is, okay? But there's two types of content that convert. And I would tell people, oh, really think like strategic content, okay? Whatever we're doing, okay. there's a purpose, okay? When you're in these social media streets, you have to turn into a bossy boots, okay? Even if you're not bossy, you cannot assume that people are going to think the way that you think. You can't assume that they're just naturally, right, going to move in these directions. Now, we got to tell the people. You're the captain of your ship, and you got to tell people how it's going down on your ship. So your two types of content that convert for you, there's relational content, okay? And then there's value-based content. So... 80% of your content has to fall into one of these two categories. And it has to correlate with whatever your core offer is, whatever we're trying to get to people to at the end of the day. So at least once a day, you're always going to have to try and get someone on your list. Okay. Whether it's through a, a fun fact or just a direct call or, you know, a testimony, but at least once a day, we got to try and list build because a lot of us that are really making a lot of money through social media, we have multiple touch points for our clients. We're talking to them through email. We're talking to them through, through text message. And I would definitely say text over email if I'm just keeping it 100. Um, 100%. We talk to them through the timeline. We're talking to them through our stories. We're talking to them through live streams. Like we're trying to have as many ways as possible to communicate with the clients, okay? So valuable content. This is going to be things like terms, definitions, um, case studies, um, showing people how to do things, providing them with checklists, care instructions, um, in anything that is going to help them progress forward, even something new that's happened in your industry or that's going to affect them. 
telling them how it's going to affect them, breaking down concepts for them. That's all value, right? If you're a comedian or artist, right, then your value is going to be in the sense of community, making them laugh, giving them a sense of belonging, giving them, and right, like that what works, that's what works on that side. Relational content is actually getting to know your audience and allowing them the opportunity to get to know you. So this is where you're going to allow them to co-create with you, right? Asking them about colors or options they want to see, asking them how they feel about things, maybe asking things that, you know, it resonates with them. So like if I put up a picture of like a floppy disk, I may say, who remembers these, right? <laughs> or who remembers the transition from a floppy to a jump drive? Everyone in my audience is going to get that because we all were using floppies hard, like in elementary and high school. And then the kind of like senior year of college, everything switched to a jump drive, right? Or we all were burning CDs. If I said one's yeah. gotta go, you know, and I and I put up three different things, um, Easter just passed, right? So I'm gonna say one's gotta go. Right. Potato salad, turkey, I don't know, some greens or yams or something. That's what I mean by relational content. And you let people pick which one has to go and tell them why. If I put up a post in the morning, I say, shout out to everybody driving to the corporate job and listening to trap music. That resonates with my audience, right? Because we're over here, for us, we got to assimilate a lot of Black Americans, right? So it's like, hey, I'm in here getting my face together to go to this corporate gig, but I'm still bumping my Jeezy, right? Or my Jeezy or whatever's going on. So relational content, like literally what can people relate to you literally can post with who who else can't talk to anyone before three cups of coffee that is relational content you're learning about the audience okay so this is about trying to actually build out a relationship with them so you will have multiple transactions instead of the one transaction relational content also falls into motivational quotes um, strange statistics and facts because people just like to know fun stuff. If you want to post up pictures of your pet, your family, um, if you want to just give people an opportunity to sound off, right? They can come into your live stream and say, hey, we're going to sound off about XYZ tonight. Y'all tell me how you feel or talk to me about whatever's on your mind. That is how we build up a really strong bond base of people that are just crazy about you, crazy about the brand, crazy about the product, and people that want to convert. So now you're going to couple this value-based content and relational content with call to action. Every single time you post, you have to tell someone to do something. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean always buy, right? So like I may say, good morning. Don't be weird. Say it back. I asked you to do something. I asked you to participate with me. Go click the link, check out my latest podcast, right? And then also you may put up a testimonial, which would be value-based, a client testimonial and say, hey, if you want this type of result, DM me the word result, right? You get, you're giving them a call to action. So literally every single time you post, you have to have a call to action. You ask for people's opinion. You tell them to post something, sign up for something, tag a friend, <laughs> um, give me the next line. It does not matter. We always have to get someone to participate with us. Oh my goodness, you guys! This is—I I, didn't—I didn't expect this. This is a master class <laughs> on how to connect with your dream audience, with your dream client on social media. And she talks about two ways to do it. First off, you have to come out. And you have to be very clear. You have to be the boss. You have to tell people how it is. You're the expert. They're looking to you. But before anything, 
You're building a relationship. You can't just come out on social media, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. No, you build a relationship with them. You add value. So there's relational content, there's value content, and the key is content. And if you notice, like the businesses that are doing well, that are growing, that become transformational, they're doing it because they put out great content. And that's why you, as a small business owner and entrepreneur, you can you know, take on the big uh, Goliaths of the world and, and do that through content. And so you do it by building a relationship, by being you, by knowing your audience and keeping it real with them. You're not selling all the time to them, but you're still very proud of the result that you can give them. And so you're just incorporating all of this together. Um, my goodness. So, so that said, we've got sales funnels. We got all these things. What's the next step, Ashley? I know our audience is listening, saying, wow, this is unbelievable. I feel like I'm drinking from that, uh, that fire hose and there's just so much value and I can't keep it all in. But I want to be part of Ashley's uh, community. I want to learn from her. You know, what's the next step for that they can take to connect with you and learn how to grow their business with your with your strategies that are just proven. Yeah. Um, first of all, I would say y'all, if you're cool with me, fool with me. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of fun in the kingdom. You can find me at King Ashley Ann. Um, I'm primarily on like Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and I'm I'm getting back into YouTube. I did YouTube for a while, and I was like, oh, it's too much, and I quit, and now I'm back because we were like, come back on YouTube. So I was like, okay. Um, but primarily, if you want to like pull up on me. You're pretty much going to find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm King Ashley Ann everywhere, though. If you go to my Twitter, you're going to be mad at me because I only tweet like once a week. And if you're working Twitter, just side note, those of you that want to grow on there, you got to tweet like 16 to 24 times a day. Just FYI. Um, and, and I share all kinds of facts like that. So, you know, how often you should be posting, what time, you know, all that good stuff. Um, wow. And then what I wanted to offer to your audience, because I, I just love... I love anybody that is ready to like create their own destiny. You know what I mean? Somebody that's like brave enough or crazy enough. I don't know if we're brave or crazy um, entrepreneurs. I'm not sure. Maybe a little bit of both, but anyone that is like willing to take the steps, right. To move into a direction to create their life, a life that they really, really want instead of just blowing in the wind and saying, I'm going to take whatever someone gives to me. Um, so I have a training and I try and do it once a month. Um, and I break down literally the infrastructure and the back end that I use and that I've taught my six and seven figure clients to use. Um, now, this is a, a pretty extensive training. It's intense. It's not a bunch of fluff like you need to be planning on giving me three to four hours of your life. Um, wow. I try and I try to do them on Sundays um, when a lot of people are off or don't have to go into the office. But um, these trainings normally cost anywhere from like two grand to 10 grand, depending on what topic we're focused on for that month. But I wanted to do extend the offer for your audience to be able to come for the free 99. So I'm going to give uh, Leo a link and it can be dropped in the show notes. And any of you guys that want to come to a training with me, because you guys are, you know, part of the seven figure club, then click that link come on over, You'll a calendar will pop up so you'll be able to know the next time that I'm giving a training because I kind of got to fit them in my schedule when I can. Um, but come in and pull up with us and get a notebook and a bunch of pens and we're going to get to work, okay? It's, it's a real deal training. Um, it is not a, I learned this secret, but 
I'm never going to tell you. <laughs> you know what they do? They say, they say, I have a secret and I'm going to tell you what it is. Um, but you have, you have to pay, you know, $10,000 to come in tomorrow. <laughs> and, and the secret. whole presentation is about the secret and they never they, actually share anything. They never share I mean, guys, that, that that's King Ashley does not do that. She's already, she shared <laughs> thousands of dollars in value, maybe millions of dollars in value in this podcast. I can't imagine what she would do with multiple hours where she could just, share so much wisdom and tools and strategies to turn a social media following into dollars to do it through online sales. Like, I mean, you teach people how to do it, like really with, with just their phone, right? Like you could do yeah. this with just your phone to start out with. This is the thing, like, and you touched on this, but I don't think people really get it. Like you were talking about the working with the big boys, with the glides, those companies are huge. And so they are not able to connect with individuals. And that is your superpower, right? As a smaller business owner, as a smaller entrepreneur, y'all people like customers are more savvy these days. They don't want to be marketed to, but people do want to be informed. They want to be entertained. They want to be educated. And you can do that, right? Like just the regular questions you have, the regular thoughts you have, the regular struggles you're having. If you're having it, I guarantee there's at least 10,000 other people out there having the same question or the same struggle. And this is why those big companies have to pay influencers, right? Because they can't, they're too far removed. They don't know how to connect with people. You don't have to pay anybody. You just grab your phone, right? And sound off or give information or answer a question for someone and really be able to build a viable business. Amen. Well said. Well, guys, let me just uh, give you her handles again. King Ashley Ann, that's A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-N-N. We got King Ashley Ann on Facebook. We got King Ashley Ann on Instagram. We got uh, King Ashley Ann on Twitter, which, uh, you know, really twic- uh, TikTok <laughs> a lot more. And we got YouTube as well. But definitely, I think Facebook and Instagram, you're going to see a lot that you're, you'll just learn just being around here. You want to succeed in life? Be around great people. Be about those who make others better. I can tell just by spending time with Ashley in this short amount of time, I become more knowledgeable. I become more energetic. I've learned so much more about social media and how to build a business. So guys, go to also to AshleyAnnSpeaks.com. That's her website. And we will be posting in the show notes this special training offer. So make sure you guys sign up for that and get into the world. The worst thing you could do is is listen to this podcast, learn all this great stuff, and then not do anything about it. Don't do that. You must take action, follow King Ashley Ann, and go to the training in the show notes, and and just make that commitment. Take some time in your calendar. Yes, you might have that nine to five job, but there's time. There's time at night. Instead of, you know, watching Netflix for five hours and binging the latest show, Put two hours into learning more about how you can build your business and do it with social media. And there's no one better on this planet than King Ashley Ann to teach you how. Ashley, you've got the last word for us. Tell us, you know, what your last thoughts are that we should think about as we're trying to build our dream business. Okay, last thoughts, because I know a lot of people struggle with the time management for a nine to five. I'm going to piggyback and echo. Y'all, you can do this. So what I would do is I would get up an hour earlier because I I needed time to be uninterrupted. You can get like three or four hours worth of work done in that hour. I started bringing my lunch to work and I would eat at my desk so I could have my lunch break to be able to take calls, site visits, contracts, 
Uh, if you need to live stream, respond to comments, whatever it is that you got to do, right? And then when you get home from work, you do, you have to dedicate at least one hour to being able to work on your business. And then the next challenge I would say is once a month, go somewhere you've never been before. Go and join your chamber, uh, a BNI group, next generation young yes. professionals. There's still value in offline, right? As far as connections, find you a meetup group to go to. And once a month, go somewhere. I guarantee you're going to make a new friend. You're going to find a new colleague. You're going to find someone you can collaborate with and connect to and watch how things start to change for you in the direction that you want them to go just by being willing to be disciplined and being sold out on your vision and your goal as much as you're sold out on someone else's goal. Amen, guys. Time management. Ashley just gave you time hacks secrets that can make you so much more productive and efficient. I really agree with her on the early morning. If you take an extra hour in the early morning, make your lunch count by eating there at your desk. You can get so much done in building your business and, and do it without having to make massive, massive changes in your life. And going out and meeting real people in person at, a, at an event, meetup.com, what a great site she just shared there with you. BNI groups are another great place. I started my business with a BNI group. So, so much gold. Ashley, and thank you for being a guest on the Seven Figures Club podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. And it's wonderful to meet all of these future seven and eight figure earners out here in these streets. Y'all fill up, fill up on me, okay? <laughs> Let's go. Are you looking for more seven figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession proof. Thank you for listening. And if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five star and invite others to join the club.